G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, Wednesday rolls around quickly, doesn't it? It's the day we like to get an update on breaking news as it's happening. Out of Israel and the Middle East, Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines once again this week. He's back with us. Hey, Ron, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Ron, let's start with uh, the headline, UK and the US are expected to shun a UN-sponsored Nakba Day event as Israel calls for a boycott. Uh, What does all this mean? Yeah, the US and the UK are expected to stay away from the UN General Assembly's first ever commemoration of Nakba Day on May the 15th. Israel called on UN member states to shun the event held 75 years after Arab armies attacked the Jewish state on this same day in 1948. Israel will not be pressured by this slanderous campaign to rewrite history and therefore calls on all member states who truly support reconciliation not to attend this shameful and anti-Semitic event, Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, Gilad Erdogan, said. May 15 is traditionally the day the Palestinians mark what for them is the catastrophe of Israel's establishment and the impact of the war of independence that led to 750,000 Palestinians to flee the area. Okay, calls for a boycott of that day. Hey, other headlines, Ron. Israel is optimistic after the U.S. National Security Advisor Sullivan urges Saudi ties. What's the story here? Israel officials said they were heartened by statements made by the U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan last week regarding Washington's hopes for a normalization agreement between Israel and Saudi Arabia as part of the administration's Mideast policy. Sullivan spoke at Washington Institute for Near East Policies ahead of a visit to Riyadh and said the cooperation of U.S. partners in the region was important to achieve the administration's goals. Sullivan's statement is surprising and significant, and his decision to highlight Saudi Arabia in his speech points to the matter ranking high in the U.S. agenda, Israel officials said. Okay, and turning our eyes north of Israel, Turkey, and Turkey's cost-of-living crisis threatening the upcoming election. What's the story here? Yeah, the leader, Erdogan, and his Islamist-rooted AK party have maintained their voter base, made up mainly of lower-income, conservative Muslim Turks, thanks to strong economic growth in the first 10 years of his rule. But a cost-of-living crisis sparked by Erdogan's unorthodox economic program over the past one and a half years has eroded his popularity, posing the biggest electoral uh, threat to his 20-year hold on power. Some polls show Erdogan trailing his main opponent ahead of Sunday's first-round vote, 
although the gap has recently narrowed. Food prices in Turkey surged 54% year-on-year in April, with headline inflation dropping to 43.7% after peaking in October at 85.5%. And back to Israel, Ron, where their parliament, the Knesset members, look to relaunch the Christian Allies Caucus in the parliament. What's this one about? Yeah, this one's dear to my heart. I was there at the start. The Knesset Christian Allies Caucus relaunched its activities last week in the Knesset. To mark the occasion, which coincides with Israel's 75th Independence Day, the parliamentary group held a celebratory event for members of Israel's 25th Knesset. The caucus is co-chaired by parliamentarian Julie Edelstein and Sharon Haskell and consists of 17 representatives from various political parties. The Knesset Christian Allies Caucus was founded in 2004 by the late Yuri Stern. Former chairmen, in addition to Stern, include former Knesset members Betty Elon and David Rotem. The caucus works to forge direct lines of communication between Knesset members and Christian leaders and political representatives throughout the world. The caucus works in partnership with the 52 Israel caucuses in governments worldwide. Ron, lots of people like to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land to visit all sorts of biblical sites. And now one of those sites under threat amid ongoing Palestinian construction. How does this one look? Preserving the Eternal, an advocacy group that seeks to prevent the destruction of national heritage sites by Palestinians, has sounded the alarm over what appears to be a deliberate effort to destroy a key landmark in Samaria. El Anuk, one of the six Gilgal sites that were identified by the archaeologist Adam Zertal as dating to the people of Israel's entry into the land following Joshua's conquest. It's in Area B, under Palestinian civilian control and Israel's security. It's in the vicinity of Nile Tersha, one of the streams that flows from eastern Samaria into the Jordan Valley. The site is now under immediate threat of destruction because of construction work being carried out by the Palestinian Authority. And Ron, finally, on the coronation, King Charles III was anointed with Israeli oil that was consecrated in Jerusalem. The oil used during King Charles III's coronation ceremony on Saturday was consecrated in Jerusalem in early March, according to the royal family's official website. The oil was produced from olive groves on the Mount of Olives from the Monastery of Mary Magdalene and the Monastery of the Ascension. The Monastery of Mary Magdalene has a personal connection for the king as it's the burial place of Princess Alice of Greece, his grandmother. The oils were pressed just outside Bethlehem and perfumed with essential oils such as sesame, rose, jasmine, cinnamon, neroli, benzoin, amber and orange blossom. The oils were blessed by the Patriarch of Jerusalem, his Beatitude, Patriarch Theophilus III, and the Anglican Archbishop in Jerusalem, the Most Reverend Hosham Nom, at a ceremony in the Church of Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. 
The formula is based on the same one that was used during the late Queen Elizabeth's coronation in 1953 and has been used for hundreds of years. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, said, This is about the consecration. It demonstrates the deep historic link between the coronation, the Bible, and the Holy Land. From ancient kings through to the present day, monarchs have been anointed with oil from this very sacred place. Hey, Ron, a little bit of a question uh, without notice for you, because talking about the coronation, and you were probably up watching it uh, on Saturday night, uh, when the anointing with the oil happened, it was done behind screens. And there's some suggestion that the screens are a little bit of a symbolic reference to there being something like a holy of holies. Uh, any thoughts here? Did you uh, did you capture any sort of deeper insights around the use of those screens and the consecration with that oil? Well, it certainly could be a representation of the the uh, early tabernacle and the uh, sacred situation surrounding a very uh, very very important moment in the whole ceremony. Well, Ron, always good getting your insights. Hey, thanks so much for scouring the headlines for us once again. Ron Ross, thanks for being with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.